0: This is the Vegas Fever podcast, and we've got a guest this week on the show. We have Steve Heigel, president of JustCollegeBasketball.com, JustCollegeLacrosse.com, JustCollegeFootball.com. He's also a Wooden Award voter. Steve, how are you today? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Um, oh,
1: thanks for, thanks for so having me. Ba-
0: appreciate it. Yes, sir. No problem. You're in the Baltimore area?
1: Yes, I'm in the Baltimore area. Yes.
0: How's everything going there?
1: Uh oh, good. A little cold this time of year, but uh, for the most part, good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was chilly. We're in North Carolina. It was chilly. Uh, <laughs> but um, just want to get right into it. Uh, Kentucky, one in six on the year. Uh, big surprise for John Calipari and his and his ball club. What have you seen? Um, if you have seen anything from Kentucky that kind of stands out to you?
1: Yeah, it's it's a very young team. Uh, what I've seen is they just don't really seem to be playing together right now. Um, they they just seem like everybody's you know kind of like on their own and wanting to take over a game and and not really play as a team, but more play like uh, almost each individual player is playing like their own one on one game. And I think that's the biggest reason they're just they're not really you know winning any games right now. I mean, there's definitely talent there. I mean, they have a young team, but they definitely should have won more than one game at this point in the season. They had every opportunity to win that
0: game against Louisville in their last game to not go one and six and um, just didn't work out for him um, very young. And it's like you said, they're just not really playing together. That's, that's the same thing that I feel. Um, and it's different from Calipari's f- ball clubs that he's had in years past, where even though there's one and duns every year, this, he gets that team to play together and they're just doing their own thing right now, and you're just not going to win. You're just not going to win any ball games uh, playing I hear, that way. I agree. You.
1: You if you saw them play Richmond, Richmond's a, a senior, junior, you know, upperclassman-laden team, and they just Richmond just was was ready to play. Played them right at Rupp Arena, you know. Played them played them tough and beat them, you know. And they were just more experienced, played together. And Kentucky's just not. They're just not anywhere close to near that yet. Hopefully, by the end of the season, for Kentucky fans. You know they they can get it together. It's going to be tough. Come SEC play starting up, they're going to have to get it together pretty quickly. So <laughs> you,
0: you know you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say when they play teams that are senior, you know leader, you know laden, you know in the SEC, they're going to be in a lot of trouble, especially a yeah. good team like Tennessee, um, especially who has yeah, played has played very well.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good team. They're going to play. Um Arkansas has got a good team, not Arkansas. as much senior later, but laden. But they have an upperclassman led team. Um, there, there's a lot of good teams in the SEC. Missouri's having a really good year, so I mean, it's going to be tough for them to really turn it around quickly. now that they in now that they're going into SEC play and, and have a great season. I, I don't know. I, I think your Kentucky fans are looking at an NIT season, if you ask me. So and that's
0: completely unacceptable uh, for that for that fan base. We all know Big Blue. Uh, they're not they're not going to take that one um, very well. Uh, There is a fan base that is pretty happy right now. The Gonzaga fan base, I believe, seven and zero. It is after a victory yesterday. And uh, surprised? Not surprised uh, about the Zags. Uh,
1: Not surprised. I would. I picked them to win the tournament last year. If they actually would have had a tournament, it wasn't canceled by the COVID pandemic. Um, I. I think they're the best team by far. I think the only thing that could get in their way would be the fact. Well, number two things. Number one would be injuries, and they saw Jalen Suggs got injured in the game earlier this season against. Uh, West Virginia, I believe it was, and he didn't um, didn't get severely injured. He came back at the end of the game, but I think that that would hurt them as well as the fact that you know they need to lose a game before the NCAA tournament. Assuming it starts on time in March, I don't think going into the tournament undefeated is very good is, is very good is a very good thing to do at all. I think there's going to be too much pressure on them through the media, through you know the the their own team, the fans, everybody, too much pressure to go undefeated in the modern era of college basketball. I think you're going to need to lose at least one game. They are sometime in the next couple months before they make it to the NCAA tournament.
0: So, you know, there's a few examples of that, and that's a really, really, really good point made. That, there's a few examples of this. Um, you have teams that have been undefeated before, and they lose a game either at the very end or even in the conference tournament. And then that, it, it, that's the refocus tool. So now yes. they're good to go. They're refocused and they could win. Cause it's only six, it's six games. You Correct. win six, you win it all. So if you lose a game, it shows you that you can be beaten and you're not invincible. And then the coaching staff gets, you know, you know, the coaching staff gets a little tighter with their, with their preparation. And then before you know it, the refocus comes in and now you're ready to go. And I think that's a terrific point. Something that, um, at, me and you have spoke a little bit about we do uh, we do a you know a Vegas um, themed show here. So we talk about you know the running rebels uh, and in '91 they were undefeated. They went all the way to the final four, lost against Duke in the semifinal, and I think that team would have benefited from a loss. And True. I agree. And they didn't get it. And what happened was there was a tremendous amount of pressure. Something wasn't right, and they lost. And 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 Duke was a better team. My point on that is. We do a Vegas show. We talk about UNLV. Have you had a chance to see anything? I know the Runner Rebels are one and four. They haven't played since December fifth. Um, have you been able to do anything uh research watch wise on them? Yeah, um, I,
1: I saw them play um against North Carolina in the first game of the Maui Invitational and they went out to a lightning fast start and they were killing North Carolina, who's who's a good team this year, not a great team, and then they just fell apart like <laughs> toward the end of the first half and then just and then they turned around. Three hundred and sixty degrees, North Carolina ended up uh, blowing them out <laughs> in the second half, and they ended up losing all three games of the Maui Invitational. Um, I think they're going to have a good team, depending, of course, depending also when they get back on the court uh, this season. But it's going to be it's going to be a roller coaster this year. I think. I think most college teams, unless you are like a Gonzaga or Iowa or, or any of the teams, and I am not trying to knock any of the top teams any in contention for the national championship, most of the teams this year, if they don't have a chance to win it, it's almost like this year is like a pass through year where you just want to, and I know I'm not saying they, they would want to just, you know, just play games, but you know, get, cause everybody has an extra year this year. If they all want to come back, they can come back. So I think the coaches are using some of the coaches are using more as evaluation year. Cause it, there's going to be so many interruptions due to the COVID-19 pandemic as well. You never know when you're going to start playing games, and then stop playing games, you know, it could happen in an instant. So.
0: Right. Um, I was going to say, that year, this year of eligibility, that's basically a throwaway, is really going to be good use for a lot of teams. And because we focus on UNLV, it's going to be a really good focus. It's going to be a really good break for them because if they can get some of their guys to come back um, instead of leaving, because I know that even though it's an extra year, it is like, oh, crap, I have to play college ball for an extra year. Maybe I can move on. <laughs> Maybe I can play professionally overseas or even possibly in the NBA or the G League, whatever whatever that may be. But if they get their guys to all of them from this year to come back and they had 11 newcomers, I think, including seven freshmen, if they get that group to mesh with the group that they got coming in next year, because they have a top 15 recruit recruiting class coming in. um, And if they get a chance to mesh those together and we get a normal college basketball year, like we have in years past, it's been really, really strange this year, but if we can get a normal year, I think that that team can be one of the tops in the mountain West and San Diego State and Nevada this year have been really, really good. The Aztecs are on the brink of the top 25. They've kind of been in and out. Um, it's a really weird year for the top 25. Have you gotten a chance to see uh, anything from San Diego State?
1: Yeah, they look really impressive. I, I I thought they would drop off a couple pegs from last year after they had such a remarkable season. You know, they went undefeated the majority of the season this year because they lost Malachi Flynn and a couple mm-hmm. other upperclassmen. But they, they've just, just almost looked just as good as last year. So I've been, you know, very, very surprised, not not say super surprised, kind of somewhat surprised that they've been this good, you know, this season after what they did last season. You know, right. We'll see how they do in Mountain West play. Um, I know that starts, I think, later this week. So coming up and, you know, it's a two month grind of playing each team. Now, I think the Mountain West changed it this year. So I think there's there's not as many road trips. I think maybe the uh, two home games against the same opponent.
0: Yeah, so basically what they're going to do is they're going to do like a two games in three days, um, and it'll be two home games uh, against the same team or two road games. So you'll play the same team twice in three days. So let's say Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. But let's say UNOV is going to Laramie and they're playing Wyoming. You'll play them twice, Thursday, Saturday. And so that's what the conference schedule is. It's interesting. I, I like it, but I don't because you can make adjustments after the first game. Um, so it's going to be really hard to kind of sweep those two-game series, but we'll see exactly – I mean, they did it for travel because of COVID, but we'll see exactly how many of those get played. Uh, UNLV will get back on the court hopefully on the 7th of January after a 32-plus-day layoff uh, because of all this uh, against Colorado State, I believe, and I think they'll play in Fort Collins, I think, for the 7th and the 9th of January. Um, mm-hmm. and that will And that will be the first time they get – to play Mountain West play. Um, everybody else probably will have had played, including Colorado State and New Mexico, which were on pause. So you um,
1: said 32-day layoff. That long? Wow.
0: That, that long. December 5th was the last game they played against Kansas State. They beat, they won that game. They Kansas were 0-4 at the time. Yeah. They won that game, um, I believe, by 10. Uh, that was the game where David Jenkins really looked like David Jenkins from the year <laughs> before last at South Dakota State. And uh, then... Uh, TJ Otzelberger, the head coach, gets COVID. Uh, we didn't know it at, at at first, but he got. He was the one who tested positive, I believe, twice. So they paused everything on December fourteenth. Um, my gripe was is that they lost a week to nine days, and they could have put the program on pause after the Kansas State game, but it was only one positive test. So they waited, and they waited and then they ended up losing nine days, and then they went on pause on the 14th, and they're not doing anything for the rest of the calendar 2020. And they had a game against – they had a two-game series against San Diego State, which was coming on, weekend,
1: right? yeah,
0: which was going to be on CBS National, and they oh. lost that. Um, and it, it's just uh, it's just been one thing after another. So we're hoping that they can get back on track. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do for collegebasketball.com. Uh,
1: Oh, uh, yeah, the website is www.justcollegebasketball.com, and I'm still working on it. I was going to debut it this season, but with the COVID-19 pandemic, I decided to push it off for next season. Um, the three focuses on the website are going to be uh, – I have like an arena review showcase, which I've actually already been to Las Vegas' arena. Um, I visited a couple years ago <laughs> out in Las Vegas. Uh, Thomas and Max Center, I really liked it. Um, so it's going to be an arena review focus on each arena. I'm going to travel to all the Division One. Arenas. I've already been to about 50 of them, give or take, um, Division one basketball arenas. Um, second part of the site will be about um, – I'm going to have like a rating system. So kind of like the Ken Palm, but I did my own. I built it myself. So my own type of rating system for college basketball teams. Not like a bracketology uh, type, but more like just ranking who the best team is on a weekly basis, um, giving the same weight to mid-majors as you give to um, all the Power 5 schools. And the third part, main third part of the website will be a podcast. Uh, have do like a weekly or by uh, you know twice monthly podcast with uh, having a guest from around the college basketball world to talk about what's going on in the world of college basketball.
0: And is it the same for uh, just college lacrosse, uh, lacrosse and just college football? Is it the yeah, same, same type with of format?
1: same same type format with them too. I've just kind of I'm still waiting to, to launch everything just because of the COVID pandemic. I was going to start last summer with college football, and then when the be honest. When the Big Ten and Pac-12 shut down, I thought all of college football would shut down. I just really thought it was just going to be like a, you know, just like the start of the iceberg melting, and then it didn't. You know, they reversed course and they all started playing. So I know it's been an unusual college football season. But I was, I, so I figured at that point I'd wait till next season. So
0: yeah, I the meet, Mountain West did the same. Uh, they had canceled and then reverted course, and I'm glad. I'm kind of glad everybody did revert course because I mean there has been, you know, cancellations. Rescheduling's, um, but overall, I think it was the most successful that a college football season could be under the circumstances. Um, I what worried. did you What did you think of Coastal Carolina?
1: Oh, I thought they had an excellent season. Um, you know, I, I, I was. I, I wish college football would it would be more open now to having some of the um, lower tier, lower um, level FBS schools somehow have a chance to make it to the playoff. Whether they have to expand the playoff to six or eight teams, or even twelve, sixteen teams, or whatnot. Or even make their own playoff for the non-power five schools because it's just a, it's a shame for those schools that have such a great season and never really kind of get to quote unquote play for a championship beside besides their conference championship. You know.
0: I agree. I agree. I think that the best thing to do is to have a at least at the very at the very least have a um, them expand to six and then what you would do I mean it, just for the for the short term and what you do is you would have the power five conference champions. Um, basically, they would make up the five, and then you would have an at-large, which in this year would have been Coastal Carolina, hands down. Um, and that would have been really, and, and then you know the top two would get a buy. Let's say top one, you know, the one or two teams get a buy, and then you would just have the play-in, you know, between uh, seed three and six, and seed four and five, and then you, they would meet the top two. We we think, I mean, alike,
1: we think alike. like we think of like I I said that same thing a couple of weeks ago to another uh, college football podcast. I said the same thing. I said first number one and two get a buy. Go to three, verse six, four, verse five. Maybe in future years you go to eight or even twelve, but for the first couple of years, try it at six. See what happens. You right. know, it's just another week and a couple more games that they have to have. You know, I just think it opens it up to more teams. I mean, look at the NCAA tournament for college basketball now; it's at sixty-eight. Right. Team you could theoretically go to 70, 70 or 72. It wouldn't be, the you, the could, world. you could, you could, know? they were thinking
0: about 96, a couple of some years back. I think that's ridiculous, but that's, that's it, a extreme, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you could open it up, you, you know, and, and have, you know, in the seventies and, and, you know, and that nobody would gripe. And also, you know, for college football, we all, we always griped about the BCS, how it was, how it was garbage and let's have a playoff. We have a playoff and now we want more and we want more and we want more. And, want more. and I think that, the dollars TV wise and the dollars for these conferences would just it would be never ending. It would be in their best interest to op- you know to open up the format and go to six, go to eight, go to ten, go to twelve, and, and it's only fair because you have really good teams like Texas A and M and Oklahoma and Coastal, and they're not going to get a chance, and it's unfair. And Coastal, you see what happened to Coastal? They were they totally played a letdown game against Liberty. They totally played a letdown game because they were they were probably disgusted that they didn't get a chance of what they should have gotten to play for a higher in a higher bowl game or for something more. True. And, and they come out and they didn't come out very good. They, they almost came back and won, but it just wasn't able to come the way they wanted for them because they were in a letdown situation. So I you're think, gonna,
1: and you'll see, I think you'll see the same thing with a team like Cincinnati, probably, you know, the, absolutely. They they'll, 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 absolutely. and absolutely come out. Like, let's just get this over with. I mean, I'm sure they want to win at the same time, but you're like, you're not, instead of going to the, college football play if you're playing in a you know a bowl game that half the college football audience is all, is watching you know
0: yeah you're so. putting you're putting bad product out there on the field and, and and these kids don't care because they're playing for absolutely nothing uh the wooden award how long have you been a voter for that
1: uh since 2018 so this will be my fourth year coming up in 2021 so my fourth year yeah so this will be my fourth year
0: Without giving away so many secrets, how does that work?
1: Um, um, yeah, they have. Well, they have a starting, um, starting group of 50 players uh, that comes out in the beginning of the season. Uh, they whittle the list down to 25 at um, about the mm, through the end of January, where players that weren't on the original list can be added, and of course, players can be taken off. And then finally, you get down to the final list. Which I believe is twenty. Final list of twenty in early March. and eh, late February, early March, and then they'll send out the final final list who you get to vote for, which will come out in I believe it's the Monday, Monday after the conference tournaments end.
0: When so you go when on selects,
1: the day after Sunday.
0: When you go on these podcasts, are you able to give who you think are some of the top players in the country and that and that doesn't cloud the vote?
1: Yeah, you can I could talk about it. Anybody. Yeah.
0: Top three. What are your top three
1: players in the country
0: college basketball? Uh,
1: right now this season I'd have to say I was Luca Garza. Hmm. Um, Jalen Suggs Gonzaga. And then number three, I'd have to say IU Desumo from Illinois. Off the top of my head, I'd have to say those two three play those three players have stood out to me most more than anyone else so far this season.
0: I mean, those guys are fantastic. And yeah. I think that, that could be that I mean those teams are elite eight I mean I think is final four and then Iowa took it on the chin yesterday but the other day one of these days Christmas is so it's been so nuts with Christmas I don't even know what days we're on but I know that <laughs> Iowa took it in, on the chin to Minnesota and uh I think they're still a fantastic team and Illinois is another really really good team the Big Ten has, is going to be really really stacked this year
1: yeah it's going to um, be a really good tough conference to play in this year I haven't really seen really any of Baylor play yet I know they had a uh COVID-19 pause so I haven't really seen them seen them in action yet this season I was looking forward to them playing Gonzaga Gonzaga, yeah. Saturday yeah and then they canceled the game because of the COVID
0: I, I was gonna say that would have been a fantastic game and I really hope that I mean obviously you're not gonna be able to get that game rescheduled now because we're getting in the conference but that would have been I mean I think at the time it was one versus two
1: yeah it was um, I think they might actually I think they might actually try to reschedule that game I, I hope if they, they do. can if they can get a like a because Baylor, I'm sure has a break somewhere in that big 12 schedule if they can slide it in there on like a weekend sometime in late January, early February, I think they'll definitely try to get it in because it's such a money maker making game for the networks I mean you could even put it on like Super Bowl Sunday at like noon before the game was you know East Coast time before the game would even be close to starting and I don't know I don't days. know if Baylor would
0: really like that I mean a break in big I mean both teams honestly a, a break in there in their conference schedule, it would probably be easier for Gonzaga to do it because the West Coast Conference isn't as strong as, you know, the Big 12. True. Let's Big say 12. they got Texas coming up and Oklahoma coming up. And, you know, they've, you know, they've just played, you know, a bunch of top teams in the, in their conference. And it's just like, crap, now we got to go play Gonzaga.
1: You yeah, know, so, yeah, we'll see. It, it, it um, all depends. It all depends on, you know, it, it's so many logistics, especially with the COVID pandemic. You know, it, it, that's you never know what, when they're going to have a break. If they have can't, either team has some kind of another pause in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure, it, for sure, it'll never be played. But well, it, it it's one of those things. Hey, it might end up being the final game in the championship game in you know early April. So,
0: good stuff, Steve. I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You got it, Steve Heigel. He's the president of JustCollegeBasketball.com, just lacrosse.com also JustCollegeFootball.com. He's a Wooden Award. Award voter, you can follow him on Twitter at, at Steve Heigl. Yep. Steve, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you. And we'll talk
1: to you again. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay.
0: Once again, wanted to thank Steve Heigel for coming on, being the very first guest on the Vegas Fever podcast. We were very excited and thankful that he was able to join us on the Sunday after Christmas. Um, we're going to turn to now kind of get into our regular show. I kind of went through it with Steve – We went back and forth a little bit about UNLV um, supposed to start off conference play on the 2nd of January and the 4th of January against San Diego State at the the Thomas and Mack Center. That will not be happening. It was announced uh, last week that UNLV will not hold any more practices or anything team-wise together for the rest of the calendar year 2020. So that means they cannot participate in the first round of conference games they are scheduled to start conference play on january 7th against colorado state and they will play them again on the, on the january 9th so the 7th and the 9th hopefully if we don't have any more positive tests we'll be able to get on with the season unlv at that point will have not played in 32 plus days and their record is one and four don't really have a whole lot of more to say about the run rebels because there's nothing going on except just postponement after postponement. We can turn now to the Golden Knights. There's been some headlines. Last week it was announced that uh, Derek England is retiring officially. It was suspected that was what was going to happen, but it was a, it was made official that uh, Derek is going to walk away. He is not leaving the team. He is going to do some work. Uh, assisting Bill Foley, and he's also going to do fo- some foundation work for his foundation as well as the Golden Knights Foundation. Paula is very sad to see Derek go. Uh, we both have very different opinions on the matter, and um, my opinion is is that Derek England was getting to the point in age where it was time for him to walk away, and the Knights needed to look younger uh, especially on defense. We need to make sure that we're younger. And Derek was getting getting up there in age, so it was time for him to walk away. She doesn't feel this is true.
2: Um, I just thought that they could have played him at least a couple more games. It would have been the respectful thing to do.
0: You mean during the playoffs? Yes. Derek didn't play very much at all last year as a whole. They went with Zach Whitecloud. Majority of the time they had a couple guys up from the AHL. Not a whole lot of Derek. And I think that it was just kind of time. He wasn't moving as well as he did. He declined every year. And it's kind of what happens
2: know i mean what is he 36 37
0: i think he's 37 or 38 um,
2: you act, you're acting like he has got a foot in the grave so it's only a few years older than you yes but yeah, i don't play be. professional right, hockey and get crunched like him you couldn't even like skate one time across the ice so
0: i couldn't even stand on skates i
2: mean people who are very critical of players when they can't do it themselves so
0: I think that's what a fan kind of does. We can't do it ourselves, so what we do is we criticize the ones who can. It, it's not always right. I
2: think that's stupid.
0: You're going to see the same thing with Flurry. He's 36, going to be 37, and he's getting paid a lot more money than Derek England was getting paid. Derek England was always getting paid the you know around the league minimum. I think or... he
2: brings a lot more to, to the team than just what he does on the ice.
0: No question. Derek England is a hero. To Las Vegas and he's a hero to the Golden Knights and he really helped the fan base and the team when they needed right. help That's most. What I'm
2: saying. Even if you were to play him a couple of games in the playoffs at that point, what are you what are you losing?
0: Well, in the playoffs that is the most important time of year and you have to have I'm not gonna say your best, but the players that are performing at the highest level at that But they knew it point. was
2: going to be his last year. He said he didn't want to go to any other team. He didn't want to play. He wanted to retire. So they couldn't throw him a bone and let him play one game. There's no excuse for it. That's where it's we differ. Shitty.
0: That's where we differ. Because, yeah. just, because you, just because you were good to the team for your tenure doesn't mean you get a bone. And I think that Derek understands that. It's a business. You will not get a bone... In any sport, professionally, because you have done a lot for the community. You've done a lot for the fan base. You've meant so much.
2: But it's okay for them to show the promo over and over of him saying, We're Vegas Strong, to lure in people and make them feel emotional. That's a bone that they can use?
0: It's a very emotional thing. What he said was, was correct. And it was, okay, you're you, not you're
2: not understanding what I'm saying. I'm not saying what he said wasn't correct, but it's okay to use him for that. But you can't make give him one or two games so he can end his career. When was the last time he played? Do you even know?
0: No, I, I don't. I know. mean, it might have been early in the season, or maybe sometime. Look, we didn't see him when. Like the he, bubble like was here. Like he wouldn't have come out here.
2: swinging his last couple games or two and given his, his all?
0: I'm sure he would have did had you say a, that it, it's a lot a business, of energy. say that it's a
2: business, but they sure did use him. Played over and over the, the, the speech to, to get fans to connect with the team.
0: It was a connection point. It, it was very emotional. It was.
2: But then you don't let him play at all.
0: It would have been nice to see him.
2: Yes. Just like it would have been nice to see Flurry more in the playoffs. But again, you keep saying it's a business. It is and a business. Again,
0: and we're seeing that over and over again. We're seeing well, that. I we saw it with both Flurry and England last year. We saw how one much. One
2: game wasn't going to make a difference.
0: No. But, you know, when they were down to the stars in the Western Conference Finals, they're trying but to come really back and down. win that series. It wasn't England. Fault. no or flurries but it was i mean
2: so you're saying the other guys are better okay that's fair but then why were we down
0: when the series was going on me and you talked about and and agreed with now i didn't agree with it at the beginning of the dallas series but as the series wore on i felt and i know you did too i changed my mind a little bit that they needed a little bit of a, of a change in goal i felt like a change in goal was necessary i didn't know i didn't expect Derek England to play. I really hope that they had gone to Marc Andre Fleury in the Western Conference Final, especially down two games to one, three games to one. You do need that change. I didn't expect to see Derek, A- and and as the playoffs went along, we knew that Pete DeBoer was going to stick with who the he stuck team with.
2: Morale. How yes. do you think it feels for the other players? Okay, to see Fleury sitting on the bench. What kind of animosity does that put in the locker? There's already animosity. We know that because of uh, what was posted. What was it on Twitter, Instagram? The, the by, uh,
0: by Alan Walsh, Mark okay. Andre Fleury's agent.
2: You already know there's something going on behind the locker room. Okay, in in the course of a season, they lost their coach. Now they're benching their goalie, and now who, quote unquote, the unofficial captain of the you know the team representative. Is now not playing at all.
0: The Golden Knights have shown um, that they are not very loyal. Right. To a lot of their stars and not stars. And I
2: understand it's business and they have to make smart moves for the team for financially and so the team can win. But are we just going to screw everyone in the process just to get the Stanley Cup and then what after that? your team's going to go to shit because that usually what happens. And then the fans are still going to have to be around, but you didn't listen to the fans when they said they wanted to see flurry play. I've seen plenty of posts saying, "Where's Derek England? You can't walk around Vegas without seeing an England shirt or an England uh jersey." So at the end of the at the end of the day, it's not about the fans, but they're the ones who pay the bills. That is true. So that is true that's just my that, is, that
0: is true and that's that's well said that's that, from the heart
2: and now that he's going to be staying with the organization as an errand boy i don't know
0: he is going to do foundation work for his foundation which is called which is eng engos heroes i believe and the golden knights foundation
2: they knew he was getting on the quote-unquote older side if you want to call that old when they signed him, they signed him because he was from Las Vegas, so they I can did. have that connection. Correct. And then you don't let him play well, at all the last season, I barely. mean, in
0: the draft, when they did the expansion draft, they announced Derek England from Las Vegas. Right. From the Calgary Flames, from Las Vegas. I mean, he knew got age married age and raised was his, his children age here. His wasn't
2: going to change two, three years ago. No. You only wasn't. get older.
0: Right. He was probably about 35 when they did this. So, so yeah, I know. They knew that the decision would come, the hard decision, the tough decisions, and they still are coming. Um, This is not the first... I mean,
2: it just goes to show he'd rather sit on a bench and watch his team thrive and play than go to another team for one more year and make another million or whatever it is.
0: They were going to trade him at the trade deadline, and he said no. And that is a fact. That is not a rumor. That is from his mouth. He does not want to be anywhere else. But Las Vegas, got married in Las Vegas, had children children in Las Vegas, started his career in Las Vegas. He didn't make it to the NHL until he was 27 years old. And he only made it to the NHL because a guy got sick and he didn't leave. 11 years, he made $14 million. He played for Pittsburgh, Calgary, and Vegas.
2: You know, they go off this premise of being the misfits and all these players that teams didn't want. And no... N- Hockey can't survive in the desert and the locals aren't going to support it. And all this stuff was thrown this way. And they use that to capitalize on fans' hearts and minds. And then after one October. Okay. And now we're seeing true colors of you don't care about any of your players. You don't treat them. You don't treat the coach that's for sure, who just got you to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So there's no loyalty. None. They knew he was going to retire after this year. There was no reason, in my opinion, to not play him. You don't think his wife and kids and his fans would have liked to see him on the ice one more time?
0: I know they would have. I think we all would have liked to. I I take a more objective, you know, kind of uh, opinion toward this, and I go toward the business aspect. And I know it is, but it would have been nice to see the man just a few more times. They still
2: didn't win. They still didn't win. Hindsight's
0: always much clearer. They
2: still didn't even make it to the next round.
0: They did not. And I don't know if he would have made a difference or not. It would have been, it was kind of a rough, it was a really rough time to go out because. Everything that happened, the pause, they come back. We don't see him still, and we know he would have liked to play. But he's going to stick around the organization, and that is a good thing, that he's going to be helping out the team yep, and getting to stay in Las Vegas because everything is there for him. It's not easy for a guy like him to just pick up and leave, uh, like a guy like Nate Schmidt who was traded. I saw a question on Twitter today. What is the – one player for the Golden Knights that you will miss the most, and this goes for the first three years. What is the what is a Golden Knights player you miss the most? And I'm seeing a lot of Schmitty, Belmar. Belmar came to my mind, but James Neal came to my mind first and foremost. And I think that was because it was year one. I think that we can, you know, Pierre Edouard Belmar is going to come to mind because of the glue and the keeping the team's morale. Like kinda like a Derek. That
2: he didn't stand there and pat every every single one of his teammates, whether they won or lost on, on and off the ice. On the the head, on the back, always giving them support.
0: He's a guy you can't replace, and you kind of see what, you know, they did go to the playoffs and they did go to the Western Conference final, but sometimes you need a guy to pat you on the back. And you need someone to tell you that, hey, you know what? we got this. And I don't think that look, they all have that camaraderie with each other, but there's always that I one guy that greedy. you notice. I
2: think the organization's too greedy. They saw what the team can do. right. They saw they almost got the Stanley Cup, and now they were willing to do anything to get it.
0: The bar is set high. And when you do this for a lot of years, you 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 spend a lot of money. What goes up must come down. So, what's going to happen is, is they're going to spend a lot of money, spend a lot of money. They're not going to be able to keep people. You're already starting to see it. They weren't going to
2: be like the Yankees.
0: They're going to be, in essence, they're going to be like the Yankees of hockey spend, spend, spend.
2: And no production.
0: The difference is the salary cap. The salary cap that is in hockey is a lot. There's it's no salary the cap in baseball. It's just an analogy. I know. And it's a good one. Um, George McPhee is the uh, president, GM, uh, puppet. Stringer, puller for the Golden Knights. Kelly McCrimmon is technically the GM, but we all know that George McPhee is doing the work. He's been through this in Washington. He was their GM for 14 years. He drafted Alexander Ovechkin and many players like him and did not get the Stanley Cup. And then saw the Washington Capitals, the first year he was away from them, walk into T-Mobile and take the Stanley Cup because they deserved it and they played better. And that's still a very tough thing to say to this day, but they deserved it. So he's chasing something because he's never had it as a GM. He played for the Islanders, I believe, or the Rangers. He's never tasted the, the, the Stanley Cup as his own guy as a GM. And to my knowledge, I don't believe so. He tried for so long, that's what he wants. And I think that's what he's gonna do anything to get it including maybe overspend, overstretch.
2: And it doesn't matter what people like myself think, okay? The organization's going to be successful whether I support it or not, okay? But you're showing your true colors, you're showing showing how shady you are, and it's not appealing to me, so.
0: It does rub people the wrong way. I've read many times uh, on Twitter and on online it 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 is rubbing people
2: don't come out and saying we're a community we're in this together and these are all players that teams didn't want and then you go and do the same thing a season later
0: i think it was cute the first year you know what i mean they have that vegas strong vegas misfits we're gonna go all the way to stanley cup we get they get to the stanley cup they don't win and now the bar is set so high. So now Gerard Gallant, they have a little four-game losing streak. The locker room's not right. You fire him. You bring in Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer's a guy. He wants his guy, Robin Leonard. He won't play Marc-Andre Fleury. So now you have a line here. Now you have Gerard Gallant and Marc-Andre Fleury pushed out. In an
2: awkward position because of what happened in the playoffs with that same coach. Right. You bring him, and now he's the coach. He's the guy. Okay? And then you have that same coach benching their goalie their all-star goalie, okay? And it's just a mess. It's a mess.
0: With all that There's said, no way
2: that Flurry didn't know that that post was going up. He told him to put it up... That's his agent. For years and years and years and years. It wasn't just some fly-by-night agent who he signed with in the last couple of years, okay? He's been with him... F- since for a he very was long like time. Like 13, right. or 15, so, or some crap. I mean, a long I time. I mean, at that point, that that's almost family. Okay. He knew it was going up. He wanted to go up. And that just shows what's going on behind the scenes that it's not good in the locker room.
0: Flurry was asked twice at that press conference after that picture came out Did you know? And he didn't answer both times.
2: He doesn't have to because we all know the truth. We all know the truth. He said, Post it. That
0: was a terrible time.
2: It's a terrible time to do what was done to him.
0: I guess so. I guess it's terrible time either which way. But you see both viewpoints. Is that the, the ultimate prize in this game is the Stanley Cup. And you can't stop it, anything less, to get it. And that's what's going on here. And you're going to hurt some people in the process. You're going to push some people. You're going to bruise and batter some eyeballs just to get that Stanley Cup. But then what? I think no this organization and the and and the people of Las Vegas and Golden Knights Nation wouldn't like nothing better than to have that cup but is that the only one you're going to get cuz then everyone's going to want more
2: do you really deserve it if you're stepping on people people's hands and toes like that do you really deserve it is it really a team if you're borrowing essentially people for a season, then training them out and then you know is it really
0: I guess when you put it that way, probably not, probably not,
2: but in it's still team? the ultimate
0: prize, right I, I know I know if everyone hates each other at the end.
2: Or it's always new people?
0: yeah, there's the the turnover in hockey is insane. yeah, there's new people. there is only seven or eight golden Knights left. From the original team, just in three years. I mean, that's insane. It's like this every year. They sign guys to less contracts for less years. Rid of
2: Pachetti, and they just signed him. Well,
0: that's rubbing the team the wrong way. Jonathan Marcheseau and Max Pachetti, among others, names have come up in trade talks.
2: So, what do you have to do? Blow someone to stay on the team at this point? If you if you if you can't stay on the team, and you're the lead scorer for the team. You know who's next is going to be William Carlson because he hasn't done shit since the first season. He's going to be the next to go. He
0: did follow the 43 goal season with, uh, all, I think it was almost 30. I mean, it wasn't 43. But not a lot of people knew about but, William Carlson. He was a steal. But that a was, steal for the that. Night.
2: That was. That's not enough, though, because they're talking about getting rid of Pacioretty. And I, he scored the most.
0: I think at this point Stone and Carlson are untouchable. Everyone else can go. If they are called upon to go. Oh. Did Nate Schmidt deserve to get traded? I feel like they upgraded at that position. That is debatable by a lot of people. But I feel they upgraded by getting Alex Petrangelo. I feel like that's a that's a much better option. But what about Nate Schmidt? Great. Defensive player, Re- really good defensive player, and and because a bigger name comes along, Isn't
2: they trade all him. because they need money for this new goalie.
0: Well, they sign Leonard, I believe it's five years, twenty five million, so five million a year. He'll be gone. Flurry's making more than Leonard is,
2: as he should. He doesn't have as much time in the game. Seven
0: million dollars this year, sitting on the bench collecting splinters.
2: That's their choice.
0: That is their choice, but you're going to see because we have something else to get into the 56 game abbreviated schedule that will start.
2: There's minimum. They want minimum three goalies.
0: You have to carry three goalies. Oscar Dansk will be the third.
2: But if they get rid of Flurry, who are they going to get?
0: Oscar Dansk, and then you also have Dylan Ferguson down there, and you have goodness. They have a few options uh, down there. Um, one of the goaltenders from last year signed, I I retweeted that it was one of those sneaky signings. Uh, his name eludes me at the moment, but he played with Toronto and then he played with Vegas last year. He was down in Chicago, the AHL affiliate at the time with him and Oscar dance were platooning. He signed a contract elsewhere. So now you're looking at flurry. I'm sorry. Let's put him in order. Dan or um Leonard, Flurry, Dansk. and then you have some guys in the minor leagues that obviously are gonna need to do some work to make the team. Uh, the new Henderson Silver Knight team that is going to be debuting this year at the Orleans Arena. Um. So that's the goaltender situation for the Knights. Um, as I was going to get into as well. On the podcast is the 56 game schedule, the abbreviated version. It's going to be division play only. Uh, You will play each of your uh, comrades, we'll call them in the division, eight times. And that will make up the 56 game schedule. A team that the Knights won't see will be Vancouver, which is Nate Schmidt's new team. They are in the Canadian division they will see a lot of the sharks they'll see a lot of the kings the sharks. the sharks they'll see a lot of the ducks we can call them the fox uh we'll see a lot of arizona we'll see a lot of colorado and minnesota i believe so that's kind of the schedule it'll start for the nights on the 14th and i believe it starts against anaheim if i'm not mistaken they're going to play a lot of mini-series uh, because you play in a lot of games uh, in a lot of days and you're just trying to make up a season. It'll go until May and then we'll start the playoffs. What do you think about playing all these teams all these times? They're going to be like little mini-playoff series. Some of these teams are going to play in four games. There's going to be a games.
2: lot of fighting, a lot of injuries, and um, well, intense games because they're going to be so tired and pissed off at each other about something that happened the previous game. So I think it's just going to be a battle. But it's will be hockey at least.
0: And it's going to be really, really good to have hockey back, get going. We'll be going. Uh, the Knights will get going on the 14th, which is just a few weeks away. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up? Folks, I got to tell you, that is vintage Paula right there. That is perfect Paula. That is what I'm, you're going to get I'm on this like, damn podcast.
2: Like, I'm old like Derek England. I'm That's good. right. My birthday is coming up. Maybe you Old should, and cranky. <laughs> you should retire
0: me. She's going to be the, never mind. We're not going to talk about that. She is a young, she's going to be a 22 year old young lady still <laughs> with a couple of, couple of, you know, young kids. You know what I mean? She's. S- still got that fire and as we Continue with the season you're going to see a lot of that And hear a lot of that she's very Opinionated she doesn't pull any punches Says how she feels and that's what makes this Podcast damn good Okay. <laughs> well folks I think we should wrap it up That just about does it for us she said All she could say we talked about UNLV which is nothing to talk about and some Golden night stuff leave your questions Comments concerns
2: I will see you in the next year.
0: Happy New Year, everyone. Happy holidays. Talk to you again next year. Bye bye.